0: what on earth is clam mayhem i'm glad you asked One day, Ty Wolf-Jones and I were talking about some of the biggest, hairiest problems on Earth. It came up with a hypothesis we wanted to test. If you believe in climate change, the only way we'll get past these massive environmental problems is if for-profit companies get involved.
1: In other words, we've spent hundreds of years getting into this mess. We'll need to spend billions, maybe trillions getting out of it. Therefore, companies need to make money in order for someone to spend it.
0: Then we asked, can we speak with a dozen or so companies in different verticals of climate tech who are making it part of their mission to be climate conscious and making big bucks while doing it? Well, we did just that.
1: Thus, climate mayhem was born. So follow Jacob Kubica and I along as we listen to some incredible stories to test this hypothesis. Oh, and are you an entrepreneur about to get into this space? You will definitely learn something from these extremely impressive founders and operators of just how possible it is to take on a seemingly impossible task. Mayhem on, Jacob.
0: Mayhem on, Ty. Michael Goulden is the co founder of Curbo Charge, a UK startup providing EV charging for people with no off street parking. Their secret sauce lies in a patented high-strength polycarbonate duct that they've cut through a small channel on the sidewalk to give easy access to charge up your whip. Now, Kerber was founded in 2021 by three people who had a shared frustration of how freaking hard it was to charge your car in a density like London or New York City.
1: And Michael is just a blast to talk to. Not only is he passionate about this space and solving this problem, but he's a veteran startup founder So we dig into a bit about what it is to build a company and do it again and things around that nature. But then, of course, we do some of the hard-hitting questions like what else is really needed to make electric vehicles more accessible? What is CurboCharge having to deal with regulation-wise in their city? And of course, what's the benefit of putting grooves in your sidewalks? So join us. I think you're going to learn a ton and have a lot of fun and enjoy. Mayhem on.
0: Michael, thanks for coming on Climate Mayhem.
2: Thanks for having me, it's great to be back.
0: It's really nice to have you back. I thought we'd start off with the question of uh, who is this person? Michael, who's William Morrison?
2: <laughs> well, there's a William Morris, but uh, who I definitely know who that is. I believe William Morrison though, is he the founder of the UK supermarket chain Morrisons?
0: No, he's not. He- uh-
2: but he's, he's an excellent you get, man to know. You get, you get another one. You get another guess. I'm not, I might have to uh, plead the fifth, uh, <laughs> as you would say over there. William
0: Morrison was the first creator of the first electric car. It was <sighs> 1890, 1891. Well, I, I should, should from, know that. I pulled it from the Curbo Charge Twitter, so I didn't, <laughs> get, I mean, I didn't mean to stump you. Uh, but I guess to, to tell a little more about this car he made, it was the six-passenger wagon capable of reaching... 23 kilometers per hour, so modest speed, only 14 miles per hour. You know what's funny though is that in I was looking up for these, we're gonna do some climate mayhem questions later. I was finding that there was someone else that was claimed as the creator of the first electric car, and he was British, but yeah, here it goes. First ever electric car was built in it said tw- you know twenty years before in eighteen eighty-four in the uk by someone by the name of thomas parker so okay. i don't know jury's out right yeah i mean um,
2: crown. I'm, I'm gonna back the british guy <laughs> nice of
0: course you okay, good. i'll back him too well michael last time we had it on the show we were talking about uh pinga and and it was at the end of the journey there. Where did that end, by the way? I think you had mentioned that Pinga got acquired. Is that right?
2: Yeah, we got acquired by a company called B-Livery, which is a national competitor in the UK. And that, that happened in January this year. So it was an amazing feeling to... But it's real mixed feelings. Like um, we, we wanted the acquisition to happen. Uh, that, that took a long time. But did on the it? other hand, when we... The very final pinga delivery happened, which was for a packet of cigarettes. Wow! Um, we watched that go through before it went over to the new company. That 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 was bittersweet, a, quite quite a sad feeling. And uh, actually, that yeah. customer called us because she wanted oh, wow. to change it. Yeah, just just completely coincidentally, because um, she wanted to change her order. <laughs> so uh, I got to speak <laughs> to the last pinga customer, which was wow, uh, was a nice feeling. you tearing up a little bit. Um. So yeah, that that's that was. The, the, the new the new company um that be livery that took it over uh, uh, we we stayed in good good in touch with them and they're doing well and uh, onwards and upwards. Nice. So So nice. uh,
0: you're moving into new space. This is sustainable energy transportation. What got you interested in uh, you know sustainability space climate?
2: Well, for my eighth birthday, I asked for a can crusher. For my birthday, which is relatively I unusual um, because I, I, I have been concerned about climate change and environmental impact from, from quite an early age. And yeah, I did, I, I just remember learning about it even then and speaking to my parents about it. My dad uh, definitely dismissed it as uh, not something to worry about. So it has been front of mind for a while. And we, with with Pinger, we, we wanted to move to, and we did move to zero emission delivery. So it, it was a, an important part of that startup. But with this business, this particular idea came from us picking up an electric car last year and some of the problems we had with that.
1: Which, so i gotta ask how many how many cans were you crushing
2: how <laughs> quite, quite a few oh, was it like a mountable cans. one
1: that went up on the wall were you able to mount you, yeah it? it's, an, it's an
2: exterior one nice. and uh, it's a very efficient machine i mean isn't oh, it yeah, right? machine. yeah, yeah they're so, so
1: simple and they're powerful i we have one and i have two boys yeah. but then all of a sudden people stopped Kind of doing the whole crush, they're doing right. like these half crushes, right. these fast <laughs> crushes, you know.
2: Yeah, like, come yeah, on, yeah, yeah. So no, it's very satisfying, do this. extremely it satisfying
1: I agree. I agree.
0: And people who are can crushers, they're pretty passionate can crushers, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly, <have> <laughs> they're busy. into it. They're like they're into teaching other people how to yeah. do it, and that they should. But
2: it's, it's, it's a very physical activity, so yeah, you yeah. got you to put a lot of energy into it. Yeah.
1: And does. so at eight though, you were in you were thinking about the environment and you were thinking crushing cans is gonna be a way to help it. How how is that connection made?
2: It wasn't a direct contributor to well, actually I think that's harsh actually, because otherwise it, and then those, the recycling is still a relatively new thing. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. And so those cans would have gone to landfill, uh otherwise. So there there, there was a little bit of CO2 reduction right there. Yeah. By yeah. Recycling instead of manufacture.
1: So first introduction was recycling. If I recycle this, then I'm helping. Uh, yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: And what you said, you mentioned you got an EV, which EV do you have? We had a, an old
2: banger. We had a 20 year old golf and they changed and oh, wow. introduced a new. Yeah. It was, um, pride and joy. It, it, it had a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. But it's the mayor of London introduced a low emission zone, which 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 made the car illegal. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, I actually, I actually, speaking of crushing, I did I, I took it to be crushed. I thought I could have sold it for a few hundred pounds. But I thought the right thing to do was get this off the road. So take it down to the local scrapper's yard, which was was quite sad to see it get it towed away. And uh, and then we, we got a, a VW ID four.
0: Oh, those are so yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They look we're like just starting future. to hear about
2: those in the state yeah right yeah well that it, it, yeah it's a great car and because of the diesel mm. gate scandal yeah. in the u.s there was a there's a deal so that if if you buy one of those you get unlimited free charging for three years or, or something so and in the u.s you get the uh, seat massager which we don't get in the uk <laughs> so quite jealous of that wow wow it
1: doesn't go. that not <laughs> no can. Crush. It doesn't have a can
2: crusher, I'm afraid. <laughs> no, yeah. you, you, that's that's an extra. That's an optional extra. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe that could be on the side of the curb out charge. Uh, well, well, well. Next to it, right next to it. <laughs> I like <Right>. it. <laughs> Very cool. And so we're toying with this question: Has climate change affected your life
2: so far, if at all, and and how so? So physically, on a day to day basis, you know, I'd be lying if I said it, it had that much. I live in England. Although although temperatures are going up. It's mm. it's. Although we had, a, you may have seen, we had a big heat wave this year. Temperature got over forty degrees for the first time, which was pretty uncomfortable because wow. no one here has has aircon. But I think that the true impact is just is is the is anxiety, mm-hmm. um, and the feeling of this thing being out of control. And I've got two young children, and what, what's the impact on them? Uh, and is, what's the impact going to be of people that do live in really hot places? Near the equator, and right. the, the the concern about the, the need for mass migration, so and food security. So yeah, that that's it. It's a mental impact rather than a physical one.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's common, right? The people that care, it's this, it's this, you know, being able to think down the down the road a bit and start to think and worry. You know, at the end of the day, when start yeah. to worry. So you get to this electric vehicle, you're, you're parking it, I'm assuming, at your place. And what happens then? Is this is this where the idea starts to pop up? What is the turbo charge or origin
2: story at this yeah, point? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we get delivery. We live on a terraced street with no off-street parking. Um, and that for about 40% of the UK are in that position. And uh, we start looking at how to charge. So we've got two options. Uh, one trailer cable over the pavement and risk a personal injury claim. Um, that, yeah, so, so, yeah. Uh, it hasn't yeah. happened yet, but it, I think it's only a matter of time before there'll be quite a high profile case uh, yeah. in the UK or to use a public charge point and that there's one just around the corner. So we started using that and the, the big issue is what well, is it's inconvenient because you've got to drive to it, walk back, then walk back, and get, get the car and then drive back again. And it might not be available, but the, the big issue is cost and the cheapest public charge points here in in london are are 38p per kilowatt hour at home you can charge for eight pounds about eight p wow so the difference is uh, around about 23 pounds per charge or over a thousand a year so that that's quite a difference in price and every time you use one of those public charge points it's it's annoying Mm. because you just know you're paying more than you need to and that's where you see as you walk around town and i can I, you, you check out our instagram you can see some amusing pictures of uh, innovative yeah. charging people putting cables down charging cables down drain pipes uh, over trees any way they can to to try and charge at home so that that's the problem that we're, we're trying trying to solve
1: how did you figure out, like, I mean, you started to do this pricing analysis, right? I mean, were you just kind of, you guys have, did you know what the special charges were you needed and how much it might take? And you just did the math. Is it simple that that's simple or are you guys, you know, is there some in, other, yeah, no, it's, it's
2: pretty, I mean, I'm quite a frugal person. I just like to, I do, I do watch what I'm. I'm spending money on and yeah it's it it's quite easy it's really straightforward to work out with. but when you, when you charge publicly you know you'll get your bill at the end you, you'll see what it is and you can see what it is at home so yeah see, it's yeah. it's it, it's not tricky basically you just you just multiply the simple way is just multiply the the capacity of the battery by the cost per kilowatt hour and uh, Got it you good to go. You're able
1: to feel that. But it's not just the charger. You are not. You guys aren't just creating a charger here. What else is part of this product? You mentioned laying a cable across the,
2: the side. Right, side right. So so the, yeah, So yeah. the problem to, to solve is how to charge your car if you don't have off-street off parking. And then the product we're working on is a system. It's a three-part system. So it's a wall-mounted charger that goes on the front of your house. And then we've been working on a polymer channel. With a self-closing lid that goes into the pavement outside your house so you you cut a a shallow channel this polymer channel goes in and when you want to charge you lift the lid of your channel drop your cable in and then connect it to your car sounds simple but the the design requirement is that it needs to withstand the the pressure of a 100 kilogram person wearing a high heel and right
0: mm-hmm. uh, which is
2: just, just a lot of, it's a lot more than a vehicle driving over it in terms of pressure yeah. and uh, must have a, a reliable self-closing lid without any springs or magnets so we developed this living hinge concept so that goes in uh and you've got to have the council the local authority on board to put it in and then the last part is the the Cobo charge app that lets you charge off peak but lets you share your supply with neighbors when you're not using oh, the product and so the idea is you have three or four of these installed on a terrace street you've got a hyper local sharing product it might bring some memories back of Pingo. um yeah for every, everybody in that street to be able to charge easily because when you charge you want to charge on your own road. you know you don't want your car too yeah. far away and so the the big picture is creating a national charging infrastructure from domestic supplies that's the that's the big wow picture of where we're trying yeah. to get to
1: yeah that that's super interesting i mean so here locally in the pacific northwest there's a startup blog called geekwire and they just recently uh you're making me think of the story that they just wrote about a gentleman and his son driving from la to seattle for a baseball game he decided to do it on his electric vehicle and just do the whole experience right And of course, I mean, that's about, you know, 1,100, 1,200 miles. Usually you'll do it in a day and a half. You can power through, but not with your kid, right? So he has a day and a half trip. Ended up taking him three days because he did, it was not a Tesla. It was a Mustang. And
2: he ended up having...
1: Aqui, yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Universal's charger, right, goes and and stops at whatever he can find on his road. I mean, he mapped it out and knew kind of yeah. where they were, but every single one had a different app. Many of them weren't working. And so he had to ping customer service. I want to say like, you know, of the eight, t- you know, several times that he charged six or six or seven times that he charged four of them, he had to sit online with customer service for, you know, minutes to hours. And so it took him three days, you know, took a double the amount of time <laughs> to get, you know, the, the same thing, but he wanted to do it. And he documented yeah. the whole thing online. And it's an interesting, what you just said, because one of the things that I'm thinking about that you guys are solving is obviously the pricing. You talked about that. You talked about this unique problem, somewhat to London or high density neighborhoods that need this channel and this three part system. But this interesting idea of access, you know, of like this national thing, like, Talk a little bit more about that and how you see that being used by private you know private power supply. yeah
2: no no sure so so that so I mean I thought, first of all I think I think the future of EVs is very is, is going to be very focused on home charging because as battery capacity grows mm. then you know once you get up to a range of 500 600 700 miles then how often do you need to drive more than that in one day? I mean, I appreciate in the US you're driving bigger distances, but even then, unless you're going, you know, it's, it's presumably relatively rare to be driving, yeah. need to do more than that in a day, um, unless you, you're going on a lot of business trips or holidays. I see the need to charge when you're out and about reducing, uh, but you, you, you but you do need them so uh, for, for, for when you do have to do those long distance journeys. Now, for that case study, it, it's really interesting. I mean, I'm not close enough to what the infrastructure is like in the U.S., um, but I just completed a, a family trip from Spain back to, back to the U.K. So it was about mm. well, we did about a uh, thousand kilometers or so, mm. and in France it was it was really good. So it's all about the speed of the charger uh, and the availability, mm-hmm. obviously. And if you if you're using the three hundred and fifty kilowatt chargers, if your car is fast enough, if you have uh, 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 one of the newer Teslas, then you can charge in nine, 10 minutes.
0: That's the level uh, three chargers, right?
2: Yeah. And the, 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 level as long as they can take the, that, yeah. that, that level of voltage.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, most cars like like the Mackie that you just described will be more around the 120, 130 mark. So to fully charge, you're looking at 45, 50 minutes. But if those chargers are there, then yeah, that journey... That you just described shouldn't shouldn't have taken much longer you know right you might be adding on a few hours rather than and then you was still gonna need to stop anyway at some point for lunch so if you manage do manage to time it, it's fine i mean my reflection on on driving through france was that the charges were there they were expensive yeah so yeah at that went I mean, at that level of speed at that, at that power they don't work out much cheaper than petrol but you, you don't need to use them that often um but it was yeah it was taking yeah when we're in a rush it it, it is the the technology still is immature for sure Mm -hmm. because you know if if you if you really need to fill quickly as it were and it's going to take 50 minutes that 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 is going to cause you some issues so there's definitely a way to go for sure yeah, you know, he seemed to have access to
1: the to the chargers themselves. A lot of them weren't working. Like literally, you yeah. go in, plug in, yeah. he would have to go to the one next to it, then he would have to hit up customer service. I mean, I think your comment about home charging solves a lot of problems because <laughs> you're not dealing necessarily with someone else's service, someone else's reliability or lack thereof. But the other interesting thing that you talked about was battery size. So, I mean, talk about what you know. I mean, where what is what is Kerbo thinking about battery size and and having home charge be the central? Yeah, and I
2: will just say on that point about reliability, it's completely right. It can be incredibly annoying, and although the app will tell you before you get there whether it's usually usually will tell you whether it's out of service, Um, Mm -hmm. but still, you know, you might not check that, and yeah, Yeah. you you can really get stuck. So that, that 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 there needs to be i guess it's it's pioneering technology and new technologies and are, are service and
1: service right like yeah. you got to have your equipment working you got to have the support there when someone pings you yeah, yeah. it's a, it's an yeah. interesting yeah. problem that at least in the us seems to be pretty nascent like you said yeah yeah and, and if we were all charging from it. home if we could charge from home and that was 90 percent of the charge okay there you go right like yeah. you solve a huge no no that. for
2: sure so so batteries, interesting so we've got a problem with batteries at the moment, which is that the technology is lithium iron. It's been around for a long time. It's not it's not great technology, but it's it's still really the best we've got for commercial use. Battery capacity decays fairly quickly. It's really expensive to make. It uses a lot of energy and it uses a lot of rare earth metals that are, are hard to get hold of. And then the capacity itself is, isn't brilliant. So you know, our car, which is a new one, would do realistic and normal driving um we'll do 250 miles um mm-hmm. so that we're all waiting for this jump in technology battery mm-hmm. technology um fluoride iron is probably has mm-hmm. got great potential because it's much, much has much higher density than lithium iron mm-hmm. but it's at the moment it's still tricky to make commercially flow batteries is another technology that is making oh, wow. gross, but it's, it's hard to get it down to uh, practical science for use in cars so it, it it will get there. Meanwhile, just the efficiency of the cars is increasing. And so that's why you, some of the Teslas and some of the BMWs are getting up to 350 or 400 miles, if you drive conservatively, and that does, that's yeah. the one big thing does to know use the lithium ion. Yeah, the lithium ion? they're still the lithium ion, all, all the lithium okay. ion. One thing that they don't tell you when you're buying a car to get the stated range on an electric car, you need to drive at no more than 60 miles an hour. <laughs> um,
1: there's always no, conditions no there's always terms yeah. and conditions yeah
2: yeah which no, is a- no a- AC no,
1: no radio on don't turn your radio on yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah,
2: exactly so so yeah so it, it's when that jump happens commercially then it will make things a lot easier
1: so talk about how you guys are thinking about this kind of I love this concept of the neighborhood, you know, sharing of the market, but then this other world of highway accessibility or long-range accessibility. Do they play together? Is there a turbocharged model where you roll out neighborhoods, and maybe someone pulls into a neighborhood instead of to instead of a charging station?
2: Uh, I don't think so because this is all, all sort of slightly geeky, techie chat, but yeah, most homes in the UK they'll only go to seven kilowatts, which is pretty slow. So that's sort of a six to eight hour charging time. Got it. And so it, it really suits you're at home and the car charging overnight. But if you are on the move and all, if, if you're on the move traveling some distances, you want to use the high speed chargers. So, but at the moment, you've got this network of chargers in the UK and probably in the US where you've got these sort of slowish chargers like 50 kilowatts, 12 and a half kilowatts that are not really any use to anybody unless you're going to be there for several hours. So, the future is, I think, home charging batteries at 500 mile range and then a network of expensive to use but very high speed charges the 350 kilowatt plus essentially all you need is a I think as a as a driver is to be able to, uh, fully charged in under 10 minutes yeah that that's generally going to be fine right I mean it takes what yeah. three or four minutes to fill up with petrol or gas yeah which yeah. is right and and we're almost there and that and that so that, that, that I think that's that's the future uh, and then and then you can just just dispense with lots of petrol stations that you don't need because they don't need that many chargers because there's something like right 5 6000 of them in the UK um and you can dispense with a lot of these m- medium lowish speed neighborhood chargers yeah and turn it into turn it into parks
1: <laughs> there you go yeah. i like it we, so i didn't really think about this ahead of time but you're making me think of kind of what tesla's building at least here in the united states is feels like a little bit more of a walled garden right where their chargers work with their vehicles obviously curbo charge is working with every vehicle do you work with teslas It kind of worries the plan to have it work with all vehicles
2: yeah so there's a standard charging cable called the type 2 cable that's pretty much universal now uh, with all evs so so yeah so that that, that's that's what we enable the tesla chargers i believe they are actually compatible with most evs it's just that they they, they haven't turned off um and only have them available for tesla owners but they are changing that or at least they're experimenting with it so in the netherlands they've made them available for for general use as a as an experiment and i'm amazed they have not done that because it's just such a, a big revenue stream uh, absolutely i was thinking big, yeah yeah i guess it's always been like the deal for a Tesla owners that you get. Yeah, access, it's part of the package and the exclusivity of it. But um, yeah, as long as the event, as long as you still the availability is okay, then I I I I think that's where they'll go. Yeah,
1: I also have been thinking about you know as you talk about this like charging while you're parking with the battery size at the right place, you know it makes me think about fleets right? Mm-hmm. Like big commercial vehicles. I know we're probably, you know, some of them, you know, buses here in the United States are starting to go electric, but not a lot of other work vehicles, but you could imagine fleets being parked overnight on a huge lot. Have you guys explored this at all? Is there any extensions and thoughts of the yeah. bigger, bigger, broader commercial market?
2: Yeah, sure. I bust, let's start with buses, first of all, mm-hmm. because the opportunity there is, is wireless charging. Oh, so. Yeah. So if you think you know, a bus is is out driving could be eight hours, ten hours a day. You're talking about city, you're talking about city buses. Um yep. so batteries would be huge. So you're not gonna have enough time to stop and, and plug in for, for an hour or two during the day. So if you if you can build in a network of wireless chargers on the roads in cities, uh, at junctions, at places where they'll often be or bus stops um then you can just charge them continu- continuously on the go and there's some interesting technology that's coming in which doesn't re- which allows for mobile charging so the problem with existing wireless chargers is that you have to perfectly align the vehicle over the pad and <laughs> if you're a few millimeters out it doesn't charge properly but with this this new technology you can be charging on the move so that's that's exciting for for that I mean, they are they're obviously really expensive but yeah, once you've you can see the economics working um, when, given how much cheaper it would be to to charge or to power a bus by batteries rather than petrol or diesel. Yeah. Now, fleets is interesting, and I think possibly the opportunity there is is uh, a modular a modular battery system. So, if you've got a depot, then if, and you might have seen these. Uh, there's a video I can share where they've got a car it comes in, and then a robot just takes out the battery and puts a new one in from like a from a power bank. And that, if you've got a lot of them, then that's actually pretty practical because otherwise you've got to, you have a lot of chargers for if you've got right. a you know, hundred right. vehicles, you've got to, yeah, that that's, the, the chargers are expensive. You've got to yeah. plug oh, them so all the in charger batteries,
0: changes the battery out. Yeah. And then it puts yeah. it into a charger. Yeah. 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 yeah, got yeah. It. yeah. They're, they're,
2: they're commercially available. I think, is it, I think I've seen it in a Chinese city for scooters because everyone drives scooters out there in Shanghai and the cities. Um, and, and you can, you can pull up. To have your scooter battery swapped out, but uh, I think for fleets that 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 makes sense. It doesn't really make sense for domestic vehicles because it's it's really expensive to have added that capability added to your car. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's quite yeah. exciting. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's super interesting.
0: Whoa! What a blast! What would you think so far? Are you hungry for more? Go check out part two of this conversation.
1: But. Before you go, could you do us a huge favor and subscribe to the show wherever you're listening to it right now? It'd mean the world to us.
0: Oh, and if you're feeling a little frisky and you want to give us some feedback, go to ClimateMayhem.com where you'll find our contact link. See you soon.